Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. All right, here's the thing. If you want to like feel super bubbly and open-hearted, <laughs> come listen to me and Julio Maria Mujoro have a conversation. This fella is one of the most inspiring people that I have talked to in a long time. And I was kind of bouncing around like a bubbly teenager after I talked to him. So Julio is an international multiple award-winning pro who's mission-driven and a lifetime learner. He, he uses his 10 years of experience in management, training, and research to help entrepreneurs, leaders, and organizations tap into power. And so everything he's talking about is power so that they can engage with their stakeholders from a deeper place of purpose and really be more innovative in the products that they offer. But it's really through this larger understanding of their long-lasting social and economic impact. Julio's clients are people that report up to an 82% revenue increase after working with him. And he's done some really cool stuff. You're going to hear some fun stories around his power coaching, facilitation, and speaking at places like the United Nations. So this is a groovy conversation. I also think you're going to take notes during this conversation because he gets very bullet pointed and has some very actionable things that you can apply to your life today. Pretty groovy stuff. Julio, I'm like ready for an electric zing from you today because my first, <laughs> first time meeting you, I got an electric zing of human connection. I cannot wait to share you with everyone today. I'm so excited. I'm so no excited. pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> there is no pressure because I think you exude this from every pore of your body. But I, Thank you're you. just sort of this interesting cat that does all kinds of interesting things. So I just want to start and say, what is, what is the work that you're doing in the world, either professionally or from your soul? What's your <laughs> So I wear many hats, yeah. but I found that for me, that like the bottom of why I do all the things that, that, I, that I do, it's because I really believe that we are powerful beyond measure. What happens is we tend to forget that and we tend to believe that we don't have the power to live our best life, that we cannot live our dreams. So for me, there was something that really stood out since growing up. Like how can some people have a lot of money and have everything and still be assholes <laughs> or still be great people? But yeah. how then you have people who have almost nothing and they can still be assholes or be good people. Um, and that was really what sparked me to work with people and understand how we can just live a better life like humans. So that drew me in a journey on personal development, on education, on consultancy. So currently I have two businesses, um, a business tailored for entrepreneurs and leaders who want to earn the income they deserve while making the impact they desire with integrity. That, that trifecta is really important for me. So it's not just about making money, 
it's not just about helping people. It's also about making sure that you are living in your power. And most important, you are living in accordance to the person you want to become. That to me is really integrity. So that's how I spend some of my time. <laughs> the other part of my time I spend with my other business, uh, We Are Powerful. It's a consultancy business where we help really organizations such as governments, NGOs, um, academia to become more powerful as an organization. This means that they need to sharpen their offerings. They need to tell really powerful impact stories and they need to be able to engage with their people from a place of purpose. Um, so working with that, we help organizations have a bigger impact in the world, but also by making sure that the people making their impact are feeling great and connected about it. Mm. So that's where how I, I spend my life um, and my days usually. <laughs> and how we met is I joined this crazy crew of facilitators called Never Been Done Before, and you taught a workshop. And I remember I was five minutes late to the workshop and you were so kind. To, I mean, I'm like, oh, he's not shaming me for being late. He f- has this whole plan. He gave me this little document so that I could be late because I came off a psychotherapy call and still feel included. And you were just so, you had this improvisational <laughs> quality of yes, and yes, and yes, and, and I was like, oh, this is very cool. So I'm hearing that you're a, an asshole cleaner upper. <laughs> and you are a power with integrity fella. Is that right? That's right. I love that. I've never met this wife like that, but I'm loving it. <laughs> okay. But we're, well, first of all, you, and then you talk, you, you sound different than me. You have an accent from somewhere in the world. I'm trying to place it. Where did you grow up? I grew up, try and guess it, Tracy. Where do you think I grew up? You, uh, North Africa. No, no. You almost sound French. You almost have like a French accent to me. I do get that. I do get a lot. So I was born in Mozambique in sub-Saharan Africa. Okay. But Mozambique was colonized by the Portuguese. So the official language Portuguese? of the country is Portuguese, my mother oh. tongue. <laughs> so Portuguese is my favorite language. Really? Yeah. It's like this beautiful mix of Spanish and French uh-huh. to me. And maybe with a little Italian thrown in, it's got, it's very sexy. Sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Did I just say <laughs> no, that out loud? No, no worries. I did. You I said really it a lot. I love Portuguese. It's my favorite language on the planet. So I'm, but I don't know the accent so well when someone's speaking English from Portuguese. Oh. Cool. Awesome. You know what's my favorite word in Portuguese? Tell me. Saudade. Okay. Saudade. <laughs> what does it mean? Saudade. So saudade, it's, Usually people translate it as I miss you, but it's way deeper than that. Do you know the feeling when your life is not complete without the other person? And when you meet them, you almost want to merge with them into one because when you are with them, you want to lick them. You want to be them and with them. You want to become one with them and take them with you Mm. wherever you go. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so Dutch. I love that. Okay, I'm going to go on a on a journey with you. I know potentially we can talk on the scales of connection, but I got to tell you this thing about power that we talked about in the workshop and that you talk about is interesting. I'm very interested in power. I think partly because Sarah Wong is always teaching me about power. <laughs> um, who's somebody that we know from Never Been Done? From Never um, Done Before. Oh, but by the way, for those wondering, Never Done Before, it's a huge facilitation festival where we have a bunch of people who work with people coming together and playing and experimenting 
um, on ways to make the world a better place, one workshop at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super cutting edge too. I think sometimes you can join these things and they're a little cheesy and half-assed. There's nothing yeah. about the never been done before. <laughs> but it's like cutting edge technology. You guys do cutting edge stuff in the workshops, even online. I'm like, whoa, who are these people? This is super cool. This isn't just a basic Zoom meeting. They're doing like way other cool stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. And Miriam's done a great job building. I mean, what's the, it's the most beautiful website I've ever seen. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm being too effusive about never been done. We'll just make sure it goes in the show notes along with stuff on you. Um, okay, but power is tricky because we are real yes. shitheads. We are real shitheads with power. We are. We, we are. get egotistical and we oppress people and we harm people. Uh, and, so, and, and you want more bad. of that in the world, or you, I mean, can you <laughs> educate us on what you mean by power? Absolutely, absolutely. So the first thing is, let's understand where we are as society in general and our understanding and perception of power. Right. Currently, most of us we associate power with being ruthless, with doing whatever the heck I want and not caring for anyone else. While that can be one of the ways the power can be expressed, that's not the only way the power can be expressed, right? And in our societies too, power currently, it's mostly associated with money and with okay. buying power. But if you just stop and think about how power has evolved throughout history before, Power was knowledge. With people usually say knowledge is power. Before power laid on the things that you knew. And if you knew a lot of things, people will come to you for that knowledge, right? And then if you go back even more, that knowledge was associated with healing. So healers in societies were considered the most powerful people. So even if the king were sick, they will still go and talk to a healer. And if you go even backwards in history, you realize that those healers, they had a spiritual quality to them. And powerful people were people who could almost help bridge or link regular humans with something divine and bigger than themselves. So power side with that notion of being able to help people connect with something bigger to then healing the physical body, the emotional mind, um, the mental um, psyche, and then it grew to knowledge in general. And then because with knowledge, we can monetize it. And, and um, I think it's one of the easiest things to monetize in the world. Then it then it ended up being associated with power. But here's the thing. Being powerful doesn't mean you have to be an asshole. <laughs> it doesn't, right? And let's instead of power, let's focus on money a little bit. We all know people who have money and who are horrible people. But we also know people with money who are really, really, really great people. So it's not about the money, it's about the power. It's about what you do with it, right? Power is just a tool. And for me, as I like to describe power, it's our capacity to co-create or to lead the co-creation of our lives. That to me is power. It's your capacity to lead the co-creation of our lives. And on that definition, everyone is powerful. Power is not something that it can be given or taken from you because you are powerful because you exist, that automatically gives you power. What tends to happen is we tend to forget our power, right? We tend to, with, you know, things that happen in our lives, with our interactions with people, we tend to stop seeing the direct effect or the direct impact of our actions 
which then translates to us feeling powerless. We feel like we don't have the capacity to lead change and we are only a receptor of the change. So that's where we usually sit and then we go, oh, I'm powerless or they took my power away. And something important with power too, it tends to be quite associated with will or with our willpower, right? And the fun thing we build we will power is that we have three la- layers or levels to will. We have human will, so my will, your will, and that human will can be personal or individual in our collective will. But then we have nature's will. As humans, we are bound by nature. Like we live in the planet Earth. Planet Earth still does a lot of things to us, right? It's our mother is our home. So if nature doesn't want something, even if you have the will, it will probably affect your capacity to express that will, right? And then much bigger than nature's will, there is what it's called divine will. You can call it divine will or universal will, but it's basically, you can also think about it in terms of laws. Like as a human being, I have my own laws, my own rules for how I want to, you know, be talked to or addressed to or referred to. Uh, And then when we come together with other humans, we have our own laws. But, you know, our human laws are almost nothing when you compare with nature's laws, you know? Eventually, we all have to die. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you do here, eventually we will get there, right? So those are like nature laws and they're bigger than our own laws. But the same way, planet Earth is inside a whole universe. So we also need to play with the laws of the universe. So from basic stuff, from the law of gravity, <laughs> You know, all the way to more esoteric concepts like a lot of vibration, a lot of attraction, and all of those laws. So it's important to understand that. And that's why for me, power is our capacity to lead the co-creation of our lives, because it's not about deciding what's going to happen next, exactly. But it's knowing that you can always set your intention on outcome. You can always influence the process, especially how you feel during that process. And then you can always influence the outcome. And most important, how you feel about that. Okay, I'm going to bring this down to real life. <laughs> Go I'm, for it. I'm, I'm going to get vulnerable. And I'm going to talk about pat, my, my bullshit with power. Okay. Let's go. Here we go. I have a ton of energy. I have a very big life force. Sometimes it gets pretty grounded. Sometimes it has me not always paying attention to the impact that my energy is having on others, Mm. right? So that's number one. That's blind spot number one. Could be because I'm white and I just wander around thinking I could just flail about. (laughs) Um, But the second piece is, I think maybe because I'm a woman, I also simultaneously feel ashamed of that big life force, right? So here I've got this God-given talent to put effervescence and vitality out there. Mm. But then I worry that I'm going to harm someone with my power. So I'm in this really fascinating tug of war inside. So how can we apply? Because I want to take these very big ideas that you just shared and apply them to real life. And since I'm here, we'll apply them to mine. (laughs) (laughs) Smart, Tracy, that's smart. (laughs) This human will, nature's will, divine will, Let's, I, I need, I'm hearing you say, Tracy, you need to get more conscious that you're needing to, to lead the co-creation of your life. 
Yes. And there's something that you're not doing. You're not leading the co-creation of your life. So help me, help me unpack that using yeah. your frame. Would you, was that okay with absolutely, you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So there is three steps and you're going to hear a lot of that from me. Three. Oh, there's always three. I like three. It's, it's easy to remember. Easy to do. I don't like complex stuff unless okay. it's really necessary. So three steps. First, you need to remember your power. So I always say this, especially when you're working with adults, but even because with children, it's slightly different when we're helping them discover, but with adults, because we have a lot of our lived experience, it's more remembering our power. So you need to remember that you have a power. How you can do that? Easy. Call a friend and ask them why you're such a great person. Why are they friends with you? <laughs> you know, if you work with clients, yeah, 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 yeah. That deep. <laughs> you can't see. He just saw the look on my face right now. He's like, yeah, Tracy, you have to do that. Yeah. Okay. Do that. Okay. People okay. will tell you why you are in their lives, right? You work with clients, go and check the feedback that clients give you every day or every month. You know, how amazing it was when they talked to you, how you helped them change and shift. So you want to have that evidence that you have the power to be powerful. So just you can remember the impact of your actions. And even if you don't understand it fully, that's the first step. Remember your power. So gather evidence. Why this is important? Future, later in your journey, you will experience situations that might challenge your awareness and your understanding and your connection of your power. So when you have the evidence, it's easy to have a more empowering conversation with yourself. For instance, who are you, Julie, to go and speak to the UN the first time and won an international award out of Mozambique, right? Okay, yes, I can see all the things that I'm afraid of, that I'm scared of. But hey, I also remember when I was in second grade and my friend was crying and I helped them see the light aspect of life. <laughs> Small things like that, right? And you can build them in like bigger, bigger and bigger so things. So that story helped you speak at the UN? It helped me realize that I can make a difference in someone else's world by sharing my perspective of what they're going through. Okay. So maybe, then maybe, if I go into that with the UN, maybe they will listen. So even though when you remember your power, it won't always give you the concrete, 100% guaranteed the chance of success, it will give you that room for trial, right? And remember, you're not controlling your life. You are leading the co-creation of it. Okay, okay we got to just repeat that. You're not controlling your life. You're, you're leading not controlling the co-creation of it. Okay, just we're going to exactly. keep, keep beating that drum. Okay. We're going to keep beating the drum. And for all of those like me, I used to be a really big control freak. I call myself a retiring control freak. <laughs> Think about it this way. If you had to control everything in your life, and I mean everything from your breath, from when you're going to blink and how, and all of the other things, you'd be exhausted. <laughs> and you probably even left your bed and you already be like, I need, I, I, I need to exit, right? And if you think that this is a, a weakness of humans, think about it this way. Dolphins, they control their sleep and their breath. They have a brain with three centers in their heads. We only have two, guys. We only have two. <laughs> we are not meant to control. But here's the thing. The role available to us, it's much more fulfilling, much more interesting, much more challenging, but supportive as well. It's the role of a leader. And if you think about great leaders, they always have an intention. 
they always have a vision and they work with what they have to meet that vision. So it's not about controlling. It's about showing the way, showing what we're expecting in the end and taking the key actions to make it happen. So that's why for me, it's not about controlling life. It's about leading the creation of your reality. If I can give you examples, oh, this actually happened last year. I had a trip to Dubai and I went to do a speaking um, engagement over a weekend. That was the briefing that I had is what I knew, right? I don't know why. I just felt called to, okay, I like Dubai. I've been there before. Instead of just the weekend or a week, let me stay there for a month. That was my plan. I didn't knew, and there was no way I could plan for the, um, what's the name of the event? It was a big one. It's not a global entrepreneurship congress, the Expo 2020. If you haven't heard about it, I highly recommend you Googling it, Expo 2020. It was a big, big, big showcase of what's going on in the world. There were almost every country in the world in Dubai showcasing the most incredible things. There is no way I could have controlled that I would get a speaking gig in Dubai in that week <laughs> or in that month, right? And I went in the best month. It was October. It was also my birthday. I couldn't plan to be born in October and be in Dubai during Expo in that time. I met just randomly walking in the streets, the director of the company who builds the islands. And it's like, how many people would have died to have that contact detail? And I got by walking randomly at a beach, right? So synchronicities, as people call them, coincidences of, as you might call it, they might happen. But for them to happen, you need to surrender control and step into your role of a leader. And a leader has to have a vision. And the best way to enable you to start having a more empowering vision is by remembering your power. So going back to the things that really makes you you and makes you special. And the exercise can be excruciating because you're all always seeing yourself that way, but it's the very first step to take. I love this. And I'm just going to bring the sidewalk talk listeners into this because I know that every one of us has had, had someone sit down in our chair that was a synchronistic connection. They had something for us. It wasn't just us helping them. So I just needed to add that in. All right, Julio, you. you're on to something. <laughs> Give me not, I got the evidence part. What's number two and number okay. three now? Number two, you need to own it. <laughs> own it. Okay. Own it. You need to own it. So a lot of the times there is a dissociation between what people are saying about you and how you see yourself. Oh, snaps on that one. Okay. <laughs> and on this one, the best way I have to explain it, it was actually how a really bad HR manager I work with <laughs> said about feedback. They were really bad on H- managing HR, but they're really great at feedback. And they say this, Julio, the feedback that people give you, it's not about you. It's about the version of you that they hold. So when people are giving you feedback, whatever it's a feedback that you like or dislike, it's always about why they experienced with the version of you that they had an interaction with. You can be the most patient person in the world having a really bad day. And in that tiny interaction, let's say, um, you know, we are in the road and you show me your middle finger and I can go out of the experience thinking that you are just a dick. You are like a bitch. You have no morals, no respect whatsoever, but you are a great person having a really, really, really bad day. 
You know, my, so. my, my son says that, says that what the middle finger is when you're uh-huh. driving, it just means bad driver. <laughs> Good one. Good that's, refrain. That's, that's what he believed when he was five. He goes, this means bad driver. Why can't I do it? I'm like, oh, man. It's okay. a whole different story. <laughs> so what are you owning then? You're not owning people's perception of you. You're owning yeah. something else. So here's the thing. Why you should recommend people is you got all this feedback from the first step, right? All of the things that people said. But you also have some feedback that you didn't ask for most probably, but they are on the way of you owning your power. And my advice is acknowledge that too. In this next step of own it, I want you to be really clear and honest with yourself. You're not doing this for me. You're not doing this for your mother. You're not doing it for your kids. It's for yourself, okay? What parts of that feedback do you want to incorporate and embody moving forward? And this is important. You want to incorporate and embody moving forward. Why am I making that emphasis on the forward part? Here's the thing. We show up today not based on our performance and results that we received in the or we achieved in the past, but based on what we believe is possible in the future. Mm. Don't trust me? Easy. How many college students, they will not study the whole semester and then two weeks before the exam or one day before the exam, they get into a marathon. Why? Even though in the past there was no exam, it's because in the future there is an event that they know is going to happen So they know they need to change how they're acting today to match of tomorrow. So you have all this feedback from people, feedback that you like, feedback that you don't like. Why do you want it to be truth moving forward? You know, it makes me think of, it makes me think of when we, at least in San Francisco, when we would sit down to listen to people, we would all set an intention. What's Mm -hmm. the energy that you want to bring to the sidewalk sidewalk today? Because usually we're coming from work. We're like, do we want to bring our grizzled Friday afternoon, I'm tired energy to the Mm -hmm. sidewalk. And so it was a chance to do exactly, I think what you're seeing, which is what do we want to own and embody? And I just had a really fun thought because I'd always say, I want to be a fireball of love on this sidewalk, beaming love out my eyes and every pore of my body. So that even if somebody doesn't sit down and talk, they know that they're loved. Ooh. I love that. And I just had a whole body experience. I'm like, oh, I don't, I haven't been practicing that lately. I, right? could, walk, I could walk around the earth owning that. Why not? <laughs> okay, cool. So what's number three? So before jumping into number three, I need to also warn you about resistance. Oh, please. Because <laughs> I know nothing about this. Ask anyone that knows Absolutely. Are <laughs> you going to face resistance? and? The fun thing about resistance, if you think about how we as humans, we evolved, we were always part of a group. We are so deeply afraid of rejection because in the past, being rejected meant you're going to die. If you were part of a tribe and your tribe outcast you, how are you going to feed yourself, protect yourself, mate 24-7? Like you cannot. If you're asleep and there is no one to keep guard, a lion or a tiger will eat you probably. So we're really deeply afraid of rejection. And when we are part of our groups and our dynamics, people get used to the versions of us they have been receiving, (laughs) right? So they're always used to this level of Tracy, this level of Julio. Now you did this beautiful exercise. You have an intention for how you want to show up. And as you are showing up like that, 
people will start resisting that because they're feeling that as though they're losing you. So they might feel rejected and as a result, they will push back with, with um, resistance. So in your groups, I heard so many things, especially when I'm coaching clients, I hear what they tell me, what their friends are saying. So things like, oh, so now you hang up, you hang out with the white people and you are, you know, being in conferences and study instead of hanging up with us. Or, oh, so now like you say what you think out loud, just like that, you know, oh, now you are focusing on this instead of hanging out with us. Oh, so now you don't like this and you like that. So that resistance my whole point is understand that it's normal and it usually comes from a place of love not from a place of hate. It's because people are not used to the new version of you. But then the third step ends up working like an antidote for that a little bit, but it can be challenging for some people in a moment because the third step, believe it or not, is sharing <laughs> your power. <laughs> sharing your power you gotta share it it. you gotta share it (laughs) the more people you share what does that look like yeah the more people you share your skills your talents your energy the more people you inspire to do the same and the more people we have living in their power or at least striving to live in that power the easier life will tend to be because people realize that they can show up from a place of service. They can show up knowing who they are, knowing who they want to be. And it's really a collaboration between one another. And this is the step where a lot of times we misshare our power with with people. We share our power with not the ideal people. (laughs) And this is where we can get on the journey of forgetting our power. But if we choose the right connections and if we set up the right boundaries, then that just expands our level of power. And then you get to remember things that you almost didn't knew, but because now you are sharing your power with other people, you are getting new input and new feedback on how powerful you are and how powerful your presence is and how powerful you being you can be in other people's lives. So you'd end up creating a powerful circle of virtue, you know, going away from that old gloomy notion of power being a bad thing because it doesn't have to be. I'm loving this. I'm like, (laughs) it's so perfect that you and I are having this conversation today because I'm working with my own coach later today. I have a therapist and I also have a coach and she and I are going to be talking about my business and Mm. what a, what a wimpy person I am being and you know not being powerful in my business I I think this last piece I want to highlight because I think that we can be generous to a fault at times and I like this idea that you're not suggesting becoming a doormat and sharing your power with everyone you're saying no 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 you have to be discerning and you have to really get it's the co-creative piece it's getting in alignment with all the different wills the human will the natural will and the divine will to choose the right people to be in this virtuous circle with, who are the people that you're not supposed to be sharing your power with? How do you even figure that out? I'm, I'm so, taking notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is everyone else that's listening, by the way. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. I'm taking notes myself. <laughs> <laughs> so before going into who are the right people and who are the wrong people, I feel there is a need to first 
go back to you understanding and realizing relationships in general, like the framework of relationships, and then you get to categorize people in how or whatever, whether they fit in or not, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not, I found at least, it's not really about, you can be in that any type of relationship with the most understanding, kind, warm person. If you yourself cannot see yourself as they see you, if you yourself are not able to set up boundaries, that person is going to have a really, really, really hard time showing you how important and how grateful you are or how amazing you are, right? So there is this saying, uh, nice guys finish last. They do not because they are nice but because they don't have boundaries. (laughs) It's not the nice, that is a problem it's the lack of boundaries and a lot of the times we associate being nice with not having boundaries but when you have boundaries you get to be extremely generous so much nicer because you're not giving from an empty cup mm-hmm. you are giving from your overflow mm-hmm. with that mindset and with that understanding you educate and you teach people how to treat you and it becomes almost a natural filter that if the person wants to be in their life, they will, have, they will have to show up to meet your expectations, but you also are not taking them for granted either. You have to show up and match their vibe, right? And if someone is not keen, if someone is not willing, they don't belong in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel it's a clear decision <laughs> mm-hmm. to make, well, or at least you know, right? And that's even before talking about, you know, usually intuitively we know who you know who needs to say in your life who doesn't um based on history <laughs> with that person you can decide that but to me it's always before even thinking on you know is this the correct person is this the right person is this the right thing do you have yourself the right boundary set up mm-hmm. and if you're like me because this version of me that you are experiencing is a version that I curated (laughs) intentionally using this framework I had zero boundaries and it's not a fun place to be something that helped me in that position was to think of boundaries as the mechanisms we put in place to protect what is sacred to ourselves Mm. think Mm. about it if you being in any sacred space you see how people approach that space the care that people have in it those are all boundaries that are being put in place to make sure that you respect the integrity of that space and the same thing goes for us i really like your use of the word sacred because there's so much talk right now about burnout culture. And most people say the boundaries that you put in place to protect your energy or your energy levels. And that almost is too, the bar is too low on that, on that phrase, energy levels. And what just came alive in me as I was listening to you was, wow, how often do we as humans even assess what is sacred to us? Do we even stop? Do I feel a little welled up right now, Julio? <laughs> do I mean, I'm sitting here as I'm talking to you, looking out the window and the sun just, the clouds just parted and a peak of sunshine just came through, mm. right? My open window is sacred to me. Like having sunlight is, it, it feels holy. But how often are we not even registering what is sacred? Oh my God. 
to even know what boundaries to set. I think you want to know how I'm going to be on. I'm going to cop to to everyone here. If you've ever, <laughs> if I've been, ever been an asshole or a bitch to anyone at Sidewalk Talk, I'm going to tell you why right now. Because I was using anger to inform me of a boundary. I would just give, 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 say yes, 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 yes. Fuck no. I would just get mad. Tom, we're going to have to edit that one out because I know there's a parent in their car. It's like, yeah, the curse, the other cursing you did was okay, but that F-bomb, not so much. Sorry, kids. That's so beautiful. I love this word to protect what is sacred to us. It is. And it changed completely our soul boundaries. Because if something is sacred, I will then dare mess that up myself. So why would I allow someone else to do it without informing them, hey, this is sacred. This is how we work around here. If you want to be part of it, we need to respect it. Mm-hmm. And with that, and it's something that came up a lot, especially during the pandemic, is on how less or how low is our own I call it sacredness quotient. Mm. If I were to tell you how many people are in a severely abusive relationship with themselves without even knowing, Mm. it's shocking. From the way we speak to ourselves, like quick exercise, think about the last time you made a mistake. What was the first time you said to yourself? If your best friend were to tell you the same thing, will they still be your best friends today? Probably not. And yet, most of us, we walk around all day talking to ourselves like that. So if you're not able to, and talks back to boundaries, if you're not able to see the sickness in you, everything else will fall apart. Mm -hmm. Because even if people are trying to honor that sacredness, you don't feel as though you deserve. So you will sabotage it, you will deflect it. It's not Mm me, I'm just Mm -hmm. doing my job. And that's when I feel it's easier for the quote-unquote wrong people to get into our lives and to stay. Mm-hmm. But it's because mm-hmm. we didn't have boundaries. Why? Because we didn't acknowledge what's sacred for us, not for society, nor for the older generation, not for my boss, for you, what is sacred. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then create or establish the correct mechanisms to honor the sacredness. <laughs> He's laughing at the facial expression. I mean, are you guys all having a, are you feeling the Julio mic drop moment? Cause I'm like sitting here feeling like I need to be silent and like breathe or something for a while. Wow. Dude, do you have a book yet? This is a, uh, you know, it's so funny cause I don't know you that well, but I'm like, Oh, I'm having, I don't know why, but I'm having this guy on the podcast. <laughs> and, and and it was me following that sort of synchronicity. I just knew. I'm like, I don't know. And you said, what do you want to talk about? I said, I don't know. I just want to talk to you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I'm man. here. Let's go. Let's have the conversation. Oh, so good. We could talk for hours, but we're at the end of our time. Already? Can you believe it? It's been 40 no, it's minutes. Soon. It's been 40 minutes. He has a whole thing we were going to talk about in terms of the cycles, the scales of connection, but we're not even going to talk about, which that's okay. Cause they can all come find you and you yeah. can, maybe we could do a paid workshop with all the sidewalk talk listeners on the scales of connection with Julio. That would be great. Wouldn't that be fun? We'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. God, there's so much, but I think that we're going to leave it here and have people wanting more. That's not mm. a bad feeling. It's not a bad feeling. Have them feel so lit up and 
leaned in and, oh, man, who is this guy? This is great. Yeah, so this is all you get. This is all you get. <laughs> I, I will say that we do this really um, sweet thing, which is I'm you and I are going to stop our conversation for a minute because you're going to have a conversation with the, the folks that are listening mm. and the people that listen on sidewalks. And you can say whatever the heck you want, either words of wisdom or a wish or you could sing a song or you could read a poem or you could dance a jig, whatever you, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, whatever your sacred heart wants to um, say to those people. Mm. Let me share and ask you a question afterwards. A lot of times I hear this saying um, when people pass away, I hope you are resting in power. And it's something that always had shocked my soul. Like, why will I wait to rest in power? And a question that I ask myself every day, and I would love if you start asking yourself the same question, is what will it take for you to live in power now? Not to rest in power, not to have a powerful moment or a powerful day tomorrow, but to live in power now. And if you are just like me, the first thing that happened to me was, I'm not that important. I'm not like, who am I <laughs> out of all everyone to live in power? And a friend of mine reminded me that, do you think that the sun cares if it's too hot or if it's too bright or if it's too cold or the sun doesn't care, the sun shines. If you cannot handle it, then you build shade you put on some shades you get off the sun but the sun shines because it's his job guess what you get a chance to be someone's son today maybe start that with you and maybe start answering that question what will it take for you to live in power now well hot damn if there isn't synchronicity for you and i talking today oh <laughs> Julio, I'm just in love with you. You were just, wow, damn. Thank I, 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 I want to amplify your power all over the place. So I'll take my power and share it with you. It's amazing. All right. Well, thank you for being here. And for everyone that's listening, I know everyone's going to want to find out a lot about you. So I will put <laughs> all the links for how you can track this beautiful beast down. This beautiful beast of cleaning up assholes from the world, helping us live in sacred power um, Julio, this was amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to 